You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We are at season 10, episode 36, unbelievably. Um, main reason why we're doing so well or we've had so many podcasts this season is because of the work that Good John is doing. So Good John had a few podcasts last week out. He had a Scotch Abroad special with John Walker that does a podcast. He had Aberdeen women's manager Emma Hunter. And he also had the only member of the Tartan Army that was in Belgrade for the Serbia game, Luke Shanley, as well. So if you get a chance, have a listen to them. Um, he's doing some great work there. So the regular weekly podcast features myself, John. Um, I've stopped calling myself F-bomb, John, because I think I've actually been on quite good behaviour recently. Um, oh, you've been but, very well behaved. But we'll see what happens, because um, the team has not been doing so well recently. Um, but someone that might end up having a few Fs, Cs, whatever swear word you can think of. Um, Tony, how you doing? Um, it's, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been a roller coaster of a weekend, um, but uh, oh, and yeah, I'm doing great, mate. Thank you. Doing how are you? I'm doing good. I, uh, apart from the football at the moment, yep, doing pretty <laughs> well. Uh, well, mind you, I've seen that, lockdown still, tears and mm. all sorts. Uh, the only thing we knew about tears before was tears and cakes, I think, and tears if your team loses, but... Uh, it's, been, it's been a weekend of tears, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, there's your title right there. <laughs> Mind you, maybe for you it's been a season of tears. Uh, since, week, since week two, I think, well, we'll go into that. Um, the, the well, we may as well have to straight away, because, yeah, the European fixture mm. that Celtic had to win... Started off well. Yeah, they, they did. I started off actually better than I thought they would. Um, that being said, it was a it was a breakaway. Um, we we got the goal and then we reverted back to type, which was let's just defend and panic. Um, and the problem is with Celtic is the more they let teams come on at them the greater the chance we're going to lose a goal because we just can't defend at the minute. No matter what formation or what defensive partnership he puts out there, they just struggle with set pieces, cross balls, just, yeah, just, just everything. You just you could see it coming. It was, it was happening all day long. I mean, the second goal was... Oh, it's speechless. It's, it's kid stuff. A boy's just been able to... in it. Yeah. Just dire. I mean, he, he's just, he's got a cross in. I mean, Ayers let it go past him. Kelvin, Kelvin Wilson, that's how bad it is. I'm going back to the old days. <laughs> Julian is letting it go and then kind of thinking, should I dive, should I stop? And you've got Bain who kind of starts coming out and then for some reason decides, I'll stop. And before you know it, the ball's in the net. Aye, just oh, aye. I was thinking about. I think I'm thinking about the first one, the set piece corner. Aye, the, aye, the, aye that, the first one was. There's that. Then the there's about three of them. Ayer maybe needs to slide and at least take aye. that. And then Julian tries to slide and just doesn't get to it. I'd give. I think it maybe with Julian coming. Julian's just back. 
Uh, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but Bain and Ayer, I mean, Ayer definitely. I, 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 I generally, I liked Ayer. I, I was a big Ayer fan. However, ever since he's been told that AC Milan want him, he's he's just gone to pieces. He's just, I don't know. I don't know if he's thinking he's like Barese at the back now or the new Van Dyke or something. I, I don't know. But he's... He's not doing the things he was good at. He was good at getting the ball, coming out of defence, and when he came out of defence, it opened the midfielder for Celtic because it gave Celtic an extra midfielder in there, someone with the ball. So Aye. it gave a, a, an option. He could use that out. Scott Brown dropping back as well to cover Ayer as well. Exactly. But the thing they're doing at the minute is he kind of goes into, starts to head into midfield and then passes back. And then they start doing the side to side to side to side and they end up then doing a long diagonal out to somebody and it's oh, it's it's, it's, yep. uh, it's terrible to watch your other problem you've got there is just now because you've got no wingers when mm. Ayer steps up your full backs are quite forward quite far mm. forward so you've only then got whoever else is playing centre back and maybe Rock Brown's drop back and mm. all the teams are doing is they're just getting the ball in behind full backs well, it's, see, it's not even difficult to play against. No, well, the, the, pro- the problem is, like, Lennon's wanted to play 3-5-2 from day dot, right? Yeah, that was his formation. The transfer window, it was all players for a 3-5-2. If you think about it, he let Azani go. He was a winger. He let Schwed go. He was a winger. Um, he, obviously, Ball and Goalie had to go because of everything that happened. And Johnny Hayes played in wing or left left back so they let all them go Forrest then gets injured so the only one we've got is Eloise we've got no one else and anyone else is probably not an out and out winger I'd say he's more an inside forward isn't he no well the thing is yeah that leads to another problem because if he can't play in that position Lennon sticks him up front and he's not a striker either no I don't think he is and he probably wants to get into the same spaces as Rodic is or Christie is Exactly. And you've got the problem whereby you've got all these number 10s that are just not working out. They the, 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 the get the ball, and someday, I think it was Michael Stewart, I think it was, made a great point about it, is they get the ball, the the wing backs, or whatever you want to call them, but they don't actually get to the wing. They kind of get maybe as far as, say, on line with the end, edge of the box, and they're putting crosses in from yeah. like an angle, and that's dead easy, especially if there's only one striker in there. The defenders, the opposition defence are clearing them all the time. Um, it's been an instruction, eh? It must be. Because ha- I have remember we were, we were talking, I think, when Celtic played Aberdeen. I think mm-hmm. it was the, the league game as opposed to the cup game. And mm-hmm. I kept on commenting about how the fact that Frimpon kept on being going inside, going inside. Aye. He wasn't willing to go out down the byline, attack the byline, which he was so great at doing last season. Mm-hmm. But I was, I've been playing football manager recently, and there's a new thing in there where tactically it's inverted fullbacks now. Ah, right, okay. Had the inverted wingers, now the system is inverted fullbacks, it seems, whereby mm. fullbacks can come inside. But that's all right for fullbacks coming inside if you've got options out wide. You've not. Mm. Well, see, see, this is a problem because, like, he wants to play 3 5 2 learning, but because how results were he, he reverted to the 4-5-1 but he's playing a 4-5-1 where he's got no width so everything kind of goes through the middle 
with a 4-5-1. So he's obviously thought Ross County, we should be able to beat them by playing the formation that I want to play. You know, the 3-5-2 should be simple enough. So he's thought in his head that would be the game that he'd be able to go back to the 3-5-2. Did he go back uh, to that? Though? I thought Beaton was playing midfield. No, they started with the three and then they went to the 4-5-1. Um, the same half, right. I the same half they changed it. He, he went back to the four five because he started with the three five two originally, um, and oh, yeah, it was it's it's just hard. It's, it's tough, tough, tough to watch. I mean, I mean the the Sparta Prague game. If we just if we're obviously talking about that, we had good possession. I would say. 10, 15 minutes after the first sorry, in the second half. The first 10, 15 minutes of the second half but had good chances. Their keeper made a great save, actually, from an Edward free kick. And uh, Edward should have scored as well after that. They won he's, the interplay with Encham. Yeah, and he's kind of, he's trying to side foot it. Yeah. But he's more or less just passed it into the keeper's arms. And he's then... in the game as well, because at that point, Sparta like a few one up. So yeah, there maybe you get a wee bit of a reaction. You go on, maybe get us out. The problem is, you, you don't know where you get you, you where you would have gone. Where you wouldn't have gone to this squad because the third goal was more or less a carbon copy of the goals we've lost. I'd say for the last couple of years in Europe, it's a kind of high ball, and it, it catches one of our defenders out, and then before you know it, it's one, two, three pass. And then there's a pass across a goal and there's somebody at the end of the back post to tap it in, kind of thing. And it's, it's it happens all the time. And we don't learn from it. We never, ever learn. I don't know why we don't learn, but we don't. And the fourth goal was more or less the exact same thing again. But we were caught up field. Yeah. And, and it's like a one-on-one. And, and Bain didn't recover himself with any glory either because... Literally, but two minutes before that, he nearly let a go in by by a dodgy back pass, but he, he made a mess of, and then he comes rushing out. Um, so I uh, just same old, same old. Yeah, do you not think the third goal is probably caused by the fact though that Celtic are pushing for an equaliser, so there's not as many men back to like stop the counter attack. I get that, but you still have to be a wee bit more pragmatic with how you attack, especially when you've been caught out that way before. It's not like it's the first time Celtic are caught out with us pushing everybody up, you know, trying to get a, a goal back in the game. I mean, for me, they were quite happy to defend at that point. I thought they were just going to try and see it out at 2-1. And they, they looked quite comfortable. Um, so for us then to give them that amount of space and time, and as I said, I mean, there was literally like three passes and that from us having the ball to them, being at the edge of our box, cut inside for the goal. And I read a stat earlier, that's the earliest Celtic have been out of Europe in 15 years. Is that right? I'm trying, probably, I'm trying to think now. I mean, I'm trying to think of the, 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 the bad days um, in the 90s. We had some horrendous defeats. Uh how many years did you say? 15 years? 15 years, I suppose. Like. Probably roughly about right, aye. Because now you've got basically two dead drop off fixtures. Aye. I, I don't think that helps anybody. And you know what I mean? It's, it all depends what kind of team AC Milan play on Thursday night. Because 
I think they still need a win to qualify or to top their group. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I've heard Ibrahimovic is it, but I think they're top of the Italian league. Am I right saying that? I know this is their best start in something like 15, 20 years. AC Milan? Yeah, it's them and um, Sassuolo. Interesting enough, they're pretty top. But I think Milan are now top outright. So, yeah, so, so that that would probably make us two wins in eleven games, which I'm led to believe is like the worst um, run of games since 1958 for Celtic. There's a there's a few stats that I've seen over the the last week or so with Celtic. So there's obviously the earliest in 15 years. You've got um, Ross County in a first ever win at Celtic Park, mm. first loss in 36 cup defeats, mm. which is a good. That's not a bad start. That's yeah. Like after that, obviously you've been 35 games unbeaten, but the first time since 1958 where you've had four home defeats in a row. So everywhere else, Celtic are at crisis point. Uh, Is it crisis point completely? Is there any any chance of redemption for Lennon staying? And do you think he can turn it around? Because prior to this, the other start is that Lennon in the second spell has got the best win rate since Barton O'Neill or actually second best I think in history for Celtic like 73% mm. oh, has he become a bad manager overnight has was last year more of the players than him is it performing what, you, what, what's the situation I'll, I'll be honest with you it's been a perfect storm if I'm being honest with you it's probably been brewing since he got the job when he got the job um, a couple of years back after Rogers left, initially Rogers was a hard act to follow. Though, he, yeah, he was. He was a hard act to follow. But if you remember when Rogers left, it was only going to be a caretaker role at the, the time for Lennon. It was, it was caretaker role, and then the Celtic board were doing the usual tipping off names like Mourinho and all this kind of thing. If you remember back to then, I, I remember Mourinho. Yeah. Then. Yep. Yeah, so there was all these wee tippets of all these Benitez and everything like that. And then the kind the way they done it where they just kinda of announced at the end of their cup final. Oh, by the way, Lennon's gonna be the manager. It starts from there because already you've got an element of the support thinking, oh, we're going for the cheap option and we're worried about nine in a row nine in a row for the next season and ten in a row. So we goes into the the, the the nine in a row season. Starts off. We started off quite well actually in the nine in a row season. We had a we had a defeat against Cluj, I think it was. Um, they knocked them out if, if memory serves right. Um, and then defeat against Copenhagen. Um, and he still kind of got a wee bit all right with that. A lot of people were like, Europe isn't the be on end all, and you know it's not the greatest, but it is what it is. Then came the Rangers game, the the cup game, where we won the league cup, but we get absolutely battered. Yeah, everybody said that's the worst we'll ever play against Rangers, and they'll never be that lucky to play us that bad again. We go to the New Year game, we were just as bad, and we get beat. So the doubts are already starting to kind of kick in. The, Aye, season... the only thing that was helping was the fact that Rangers were so inconsistent. After. Exactly. So we went a great run, and then Rangers collapsed. 
And then COVID strikes. So COVID happens and we win the league, blah, blah, blah. We then go into this season. In this season, as I said, he was set in stone with the three-five-two formation. I was giving his tactics. That's the way it was. He got rid of Gordon. Gordon wasn't always the best keeper at times, but he's better than anything we've got at the minute. He gets a keeper in for five million to replace Gordon. We then have ill discipline for the whole ball and goalie stuff, letting a player or a player going abroad that nobody knew about. Yes. It comes back. We had we had all that. And then you've got the situation, there's no fans in the stadium and it's the ten in a row season. Um I said on here, I think it was after the St Johnston game, that I remember saying to you guys that as long as he keeps winning, he can just write it all off by by saying the play's been bad because I was saying we're playing awful. We won against St Johnston, two goals in the I think the last five minutes. Dundee United away, we, we were lucky to get a win in there. Uh, um, there's, there's so many you can think of, and he was getting away with it because he was winning. And I said as soon as the, the, the results go against them, things will turn, and that's what's happened slowly but surely. And the perfect storm is. Because it's COVID and it's ten in a row, there's no fans in the ground. Well, so you've got, so no you've fans got in seen... the ground, but there was fans outside the ground last night, which well, yeah, it's it's not right. I I don't agree with what they were singing about Lennon. I I, I mean I, I wouldn't have sang that personally. Myself. Even Rangers fans have been saying he's a he has a club legend. Yeah, I, I I personally wouldn't have sang that. However, what I would say is I think it's been highlighted, I think it's happened because of the fact there's no fans in the ground. I think that's what's triggered it. Because, in my opinion, I heard Hugh Keevans talking about this, saying John Barnes never got this kind of treatment when he was there. If John Barnes was in charge of Celtic during a COVID season, and there was no fans in the ground, and fans are thinking, well, we want Lennon to go, and the voices are just not being heard, there would have been stronger protests than what they were. I mean, there was protests after the game with Inverness when Barnes was in charge. And it was because there was fans in the ground. But when there's no fans in the ground and you feel like... I mean, I feel, frust- I feel frustrated at times because you're thinking, how long can this go on for? How long can they just keep accepting Gimby and losing games? Spoiled for success then. Because you... Oh, I know it's yesterday's. It's not just because of yesterday's game. It's a, gra- it's a gradual process. Mm. However, when you consider the success Celtic have had over the last four seasons, as I said earlier, your first cup loss in thirty-six games. I mean, there's teams that are struggling to win cups. Are, are maybe Celtic fans been spoiled for success the last few seasons, and it's a bit of an overreaction. It's 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 a ten. That's what it is. It's a ten in a row thing. You've got to remember. All for about what, four or five years, Celtic fans were singing origi- originally. Brendan Rodgers is here for 10 in a row. Yeah. Then it was Neil Lennon's here for 10 in a row. And like this, the 10 in a row is like a big magical thing. Now, I never sang the Brendan Rodgers is here for 10 in a row because not because I didn't think the Brendan Rodgers would stay, but I did think at some point we, there was a possibility we might slip it up 
just because I'm now way inclined with Celtic, I always do believe if, if Celtic can ruin something, they will. And I'm always that way inclined. I'm always worried about it. Aye, but you were th- Celtic in the 90s, so you remember ah, yeah. what it was like, don't you? Yeah, well, well this is it. So I never sang it, and but I could understand what fans sang it because three, two, three years ago, we were miles ahead of Rangers. Everything seemed to be good in the park. Everything seemed to be good off the park. Everything, everything was great. Rogers goes, and then we've, we've just declined. If I'm being honest, we've, we've declined in aspirations and declined as a club. A European, I mean, at one point we used to get, we used to complain about getting beat off a of PSG five 0 Never getting beat eight to an aggregate by Sparta Prague. So where does the blame lie then? Because I'm seeing now, I mean, the board have been criticised. Now the board have maybe been slow to react in terms of spending money at the right time. But in the summer, to be fair to them. You would no. say there's been a bit of back in there. They brought in, as yeah. you say, Barkas for five million. A Yeti's a loan deal, but I think we're a view to sign him for decent money, wasn't it? Yeah. Duffy, they... like you were thinking, big wages, not obviously not performed, but Lats out, you're thinking being good money on Turnbull. loan deal. Turnbull's been signed and Turnbull's no really featuring. No. And then obviously last season you signed Kamala, who again, mm. three and a half million, he's rarely seen. I mean, the, the the problem is you, you've got a whole variety. I mean, you, you've got the board themselves. I mean, the, the board of this man in time, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the whole new Lennon thing, they've been so quiet. There's been nothing. There's been no mention. Have no, I mean, there's, there's, the only thing we've had from them, or from it is the Lennon said there was a Zoom meeting with the three yes. of them. Yep. I mean, that's the only thing that we've heard. Yeah, after last night's incident, they were out like a shot with a club statement. Now, I, I recognise that they had to do that to to show that obviously they don't accept or what have you. But in the same time, we've been going on with, with two months of all this with, with the manager and everything, and nothing. There's been nothing from the board or anything. And previously, the board have always been quick. When Dyla was in charge. They kind of more or less hinted round about Christmas time. The dialer was going to be on his way at the end of the season. So it's not like that they've never stepped in before and made a statement about a manager. Yeah. I suppose, though, another situation that you've got now after what happened yesterday after the game is the fans now turning on the players. Mm-hmm. So the reports are like stuff getting thrown at cars and all that. And that was Celtic made that statement and said that. So that's not as if it's yeah. just saying just been made up. Um, so that's a danger because. What, I mean, the talk is now, within the next 48 hours, of decision, either way, Lennon stays or goes. You would think the fact that they're saying within the next 48 hours, things will be decided means, I would think, he's going. Mm. I would think. You know what? Uh, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I've been checking Twitter, Sky Sports News, all day today, thinking there's going to be an announcement, and there's been nothing. We just hoping it was for in time for the podcast, weren't you? Yeah, breaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been handy. Um, I don't think Peter Law will listen to this, sadly. Um, do you think but, that's it? Do you think that's the end? Is it's the end basically? It should be. It really should be. Would I be surprised if they kept him on till the end of the season? Probably not. Honestly, I. I, I I just don't know where they think the 
what what where it is you come to to get Lennon sacked. I, I just you know you know yourself. There comes a point when you as a fan as a team you think that's it. I mean it has to happen now surely. I don't know where they know where the end of the line is. Do they wait until after? Is it till after January when the after the Rangers game then? But by that point it could be away gone. I mean the the Wraith Rovers, Rovers Ross County game. That was supposed to be the start of the easy games. Everybody yeah, was talking about. Said, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, every, the, all, all the all the people that were back in Lennon and all the ex-players and everything that were, were sticking up for him were all saying, oh, he's got an easy run of games. The first game we could be. But Ross County, to be fair to them, because there's not be, maybe not enough been said about them, they got their tactics absolutely spot oh, on. Yeah, they, they were great. I mean, they had so many good players. Um, the, the boy of front, Stuart, I think it is. Yeah, is you it... need someone that's been, he performed well at the start of the season, maybe it's gone off for him a wee bit, but yeah, he's a good player, handful for anyone. Ah, he, he was good. Um, the lad behind him, um, Payton, Payton, Harry Payton, yeah, yeah. another good player, and let me remember, I think it was the left back, Reed, the young Reed. lad, yeah. he had a cracking game, so he did, um, going up and down, um, he came off um, later on, I, th- I think he had um, a wee injury. But he, he was outstanding, so he was. The defence as well was solid. And right from the start of the game, when they kicked off, um, they kicked off and they played a wee ball out to the right. Um, and, and they went out for throwing and they regrouped. And you could see that they, they, were, they were right in for it. And you kind of knew straight away, it's first 10 minutes, they were knocking the ball around. And, and and that's the thing because you don't normally see that with teams coming to Celtic Park, the space they were getting from a Celtic fans was horrendous. But for them, it was it was great. Yeah, then McGregor was rested for the game yesterday. Or do you think he was? It was maybe his performances haven't been up to scratch. Leave him out to try and get a reaction from him. Oh, if I was if I, if it's because his performance isn't up to scratch, should, Brown should be ahead of him for being dropped. I you know, I mean, most games though, hasn't he? Yeah, and I like Brown, but I, for me, my, it's a hard one because I I would play McGregor, but in saying that, McGregor has went backwards big time. Um, We've had the discussion though most of the season that he doesn't really kind of suit the role that he plays in. But your problem you've got is he's not better than is he better than Christie or Roderick in the more advanced role? Probably not. The, the, pro, the problem is, if you accept Lennon wants to play with 3 5 2, right, which he started with, the problem you're, you're going to have is you're only going to be able to pick three set of mids. You've got Rogic, McGregor, Incham, and Brown trying to fit all them into that team. And, and That's competition for places, though, supposedly, but at the moment it's not. It, it, it isn't because we'll find a way out of a jersey, probably. Well, that, well, that's it. I mean, to me, Incham shouldn't be anywhere near. I, 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 I don't see it. I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't I've, think he's been interested for a long time. I think nah. he was wanting to get away. He never got away. And... Too, too many of them have, have had their heads turned, and too many of them have, have probably as well just down tools. There's a mixture, in my opinion, between. Heads being turned to get bigger moves 
and probably the fact that every time we draw points against B, the manager tends to say the players' fault. Yeah. Or you know, you, mean, you look at the French Varus game where the, the comment that he said that um, if there was ones here that didn't want to be there, you'll get rid of them. And then he, he, other things he said about the attitude, change of culture, you know. And I, I don't know if you heard, but the the great brainwave they came up with over the weekend um, to make things better was to build a, a lounge in the training ground. It was that, that came out. So that, that's when Neil Lennon came out with that. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it just treats the fans with total contempt. I mean, he's basically coming out with a statement that, oh, that because you don't see each other that often, then the best thing to do is build a lounge where they can gather and talk after training. Yeah. Knock yourselves out, boys. You Over know? the course of the game, though, do you think Celtic had enough chances to win the game? No, not at all. And that's what another difference. It, it, it may have been different if, say, the the inv- I'm sorry, if the Ross County keeper had had a blinder. Say he, he was making save after save after save after save. Then you could possibly say, oh, fair enough, maybe on a different day. But apart from Ayeti when he hit the post, I don't remember anything. Yeah, Any the, other major chances? There was one with Edward over the, the bar. Edward had a free kick, but it was pretty much at the keeper. Obviously, Yerazetti went off the post. And when you say he had a headed chance? Oh, yeah, but when he, when he first came on, yeah. And then you've got the Edward shot in the turn as well, which on another day maybe scores. Aye, but I mean, the keeper never... I mean, he, he never he never made any great saves. They were all either straight at him or over the bar or wide. There, there was nothing There was there was nothing that tested him. Um, so, we asked Scott last week if Lennon's to go, who comes in and replaces him at this moment in time? Is it a caretaker appointment or is it someone that they try and show a bit of ambition and a bit of long term vision? I mean, Eddie Howe's been linked, which yeah. I think Eddie Howe could be all right, but then at this point, the time, surely you want someone that's maybe got some kind of success or winning trophies at a kind of higher level than what he has. Uh, it's it's a hard it is, it's a hard one because what you what you don't want, I think, is a project manager. You don't want Stephen Gerrard saying. I'm not saying that Stephen Gerrard is a bad manager, but it's taken him a long time to build. He's his first job. Yeah. So you you don't want to have that. So you don't want to have like I don't know just for talking, say a Wayne Rooney or a Henry Glasson or something like that. You want to stay clear of the big, big name ex players. Larson would be linked because of your playing career. Because in terms yeah, of management, yeah. I mean, would you take him as a manager? Really? Nah, 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 no, 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 no. If he did become manager and didn't do well, does it hurt the legacy a wee bit? Because that's a, the situation we were in just now. Is that he'll not be as fondly remembered as what he would have been. Um, yeah. that, that's the kind of difficulty I think if they were ever going to go for a Larson they maybe should have done it instead of Dyla you know when they tried that experiment of trying to get someone in and then kind of building the team up and it never quite worked with Dyla that was the point where they should have maybe done a bit of Larson or something like that suppose I mean, they tried the, they tried that with Delglish and Barnes though didn't they but they had a better chance though because there's no Rangers in the league back then Aye, well. you, you, you know, because under Dialer spell, Rangers weren't there. 
Like you were under pressure at that point, remember from Aberdeen. So there was there was mm. some kind of pressure. Much as... Yeah, I mean, no offence to Aberdeen, but you know yourself, towards the end, the gap got bigger and what have you. If I remember rightly, Aberdeen were on our coattails up until about Christmas time. I and mean, then again, it was after Christmas. I mean, Aberdeen were doing well. I mean, everybody thought it was have a wee bit of a title race. And I genuinely think at that time as well, a lot of Celtic fans were thinking, oh, this will be good to have a wee title race. Obviously, yeah. you, you might come out winning it, but they're thinking, oh, it'd be good if I had a title race with Aberdeen, because I remember that. Um, but I think now would have been the best time to have bedded someone like that. Uh, I think... I, I think for the short term, if, if, you're, if you're bringing in a manager now to try and win 10 in a row, I may have to be a temporary manager till the end of the season to save it. Because uh, there'll be no transfer window. Um, January. Oh, oh, January, yeah. I mean, at the minute, there's no transfer window. Obviously, they can get him in. Um, I wouldn't mind, Eddie Howe, if I'm being honest. I, I, I would I wouldn't mind it. Um, I think he's someone that would do well long term. Mm. But would he, would he manage to rescue the season? Because you, you're not that out of touch. I mean, that's the, the big mm. thing is that in league, and that's just something we, did, like we discussed last week, if you can win your games in hand, you're five points behind, which, okay, it's still five points behind. Mm. But then you get the fixture of the new year, you win that, and then the pressure goes back onto Rangers. So it's not as if either Lennon turns it around or someone comes in. Someone comes in, they do have a chance. It's not like it's a lost cause. Because I, 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 Rangers you know, are going to have a bad spell at some point, you would think. Yeah, they would do, but my concern is I don't see how we could go on a good run, even if even to win two games in hand. But it's that bad. Look, look how bad, um, not but how bad, but Ross County haven't been on great form, and they've came to Celtic Park and won 2 now. Now, St Johnston are in a much better form than what Ross County have been. And I'm, I'm worried that if we still have Lennon in charge for St Johnston at home, now that, that's a, rid- a ridiculous state of affairs, and that's not being big-headed being Celtic, but that's being honest with the squad that we have. And I think with the squad that we have, we should be able to beat certainly Ross County. Ross County is probably what squad wages. I mean, Celtic must be about 10, 15 times higher wages than what Ross County are on. Yeah. You know, uh, and they've t- gave us a showing up basically. Um, well, not even just that. In terms of Ross County, when we looked at them last week, we are talking about them being probably the favourites of relegation. They were in Hamilton because they just were not they weren't scoring and they were conceding too many. Well, how many times have I said in this podcast the thing I worried about Ross County was the lack of goals? So they come to Celtic Park and score twice. Aye. You know, while Lennon's still there, I don't think he can motivate that group of players. I think that group of players is just beyond them now. I think no matter what he says to them, they just can't get off for it. I mean, every week he say, every week he says, "Oh, we've had a char and, and and they're off for it." And he even said, "Oh, before the game, they were, they were excited and they had to clear the air and everything." Was well, obviously not what, because yeah. it was like a pre-season game again with them, just passing around to the back, just nothing. So as long as Lennon's there, 
that group of players are not going to play for him for whatever reason. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it's not motivating them. It's not kicking in. It's not happening. I, I don't know why. And unfortunately, he's going to be the one that has to take the hit because they're not going to sack the players. And with all the best the in the world. Exactly, yeah. The board only going to walk away from it all. So it's going to be learning. And then, <clears throat> well, hopefully, Law will still get the, the short list because apparently he said when Lennon got the job, he had hundreds of uh, um, candidates for the Celtic job, but he never looked at them because he wanted Lennon to have a straight away. So I'm hoping he's still got those offers. Still be an attractive job, so. but we should move on to Rangers. Yeah. The other side of Glasgow and it's Celtic struggle, Rangers are getting the chance to say this is the, the banter years for Celtic now, maybe yeah. themselves, it's maybe banter months as opposed to banter years, <coughs> but Rangers against Benfica, we've spoken the last week about Benfica struggling maybe with a few players out with COVID, however, still a good side. Hmm. The main thing from it would be again Rangers being ahead 2-0 and the game coming back to 2-0 uh, but, if you'd said at the campaign what, Rangers have 8 points after 4 games mm-hmm. terrific yeah, I mean, they're, they're getting great results. I mean, Benfica, let's not kid ourselves on, they're probably a Champions League team. You know, the, I mean, you associate them with the Champions League. And yet, they were 3-1 ahead over in Lisbon against them. And then they were 2-0 ahead in Glasgow against Benfica. You know, quite easily, they could have had six points out of two games instead of two. Um, and it just kind of shows you where they've came. Um, they've got a system, Rangers, at this moment in time. That they, they know how to play. They're well organised. They're well drilled. Um, even with injuries, they have players that can fit into each position, and it doesn't seem to cause them too much difficulty at this moment in time. Um, and even Morelos, Morelos is getting goals. He's not getting the goals that he used to get, but they don't need him to score as many goals as he used to get because they've got other avenues of scoring. So, hi, I mean, everything over um, in the south side of Glasgow seems to be very good and great for them at the minute. Yeah, I mean, they've adapted really well. I mean, in terms of the game itself, the the opener, Barisic with the wonderful left foot, mm. how many goals he's kind of setting up the crosses. He crosses it, and then Arfield scores it the third time by asking because Roof had a header saved. And then you think Tavernier's going to score, he gets the bar. Um, probably Rangers should have had a penalty as well. There was a cross from Ruth at uh, mm. 1-0. Um, I would say it was kind of clear handball. We probably should have got that. And then, talking about Celtic maybe not doing well with the signings, Ruth is starting to hit a wee bit of form. You're starting to see yeah. why he has been a £7 million player in the past. He gets a great goal from outside the box. Again, picked out by Barisic. Um, but yeah, the only disappointment will be 13 minutes to go. 2-0 up, you think, game management, just see the game out. Um, Morella's actually had a shot, which was pushed onto the bar, it could have been maybe 3-0, I would say the keeper didn't too well at that one. Um, it's back to 2-1, but then the, the goal, the Benfica score to equalise, I don't know if you've seen it, but lovely we in, trip it play it, kind of, in there around the edge of the box, and the boy finishes, so 2 all, and again, repeat of the, the away fixture girl. Uh, Rangers were ahead and then get clawed back by Benfica. But... You would think that they'll qualify quite easily. Um, 
because they're home to standard Liège, am I right? In saying they are, that? yeah. They're home to Liège. So you would imagine they'll get the three points for that. You would imagine they should be standard Liège. Um, and that should see them go through, surely. Uh, I, do you know what? As you say, it's probably just game management. But when they come up against Champions League teams, they just need to maybe be a wee bit more cautious and, and wary of. As you say, like when you're in that position of victory, just try and see it out. Um, because at the moment, it's a very attack-minded team. Uh, and obviously, I think that's maybe where they may get caught out if they progress through. If you progress through, um, are you, is the winners of the group seeded or is it just everybody out of the heart? It's been a long since I've been in the group stages. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to rem- remember. I would, I would think there'd be some kind of seeding in place. Mm. Like, I think, you, would you not only be, it would be you'd get a second place team if you go through that type of thing. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm sure it was the last season, or maybe a couple of seasons ago, there was something that we got in the Celtic into like the, the seeded options for the draw. Um, but I think that was to do with how you'd done previously. Um, but I'm sure. In, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not. I just been sure. With, uh, um, but they move on at the weekend as well with the Falkirk game, which everyone's really expecting a routine where it was routine in the end. But again, they managed to freshen the team up, make a few changes. Mm. What a luxury when you can bring in Jermaine Defoe, who is mm. still uh, the best finisher there is. And in Scotland, definitely. Like, the way he scored, I think it was a goal was it from last weekend, maybe? Or the other weekend? Which he scores kind of first touch and the, the goals and long oh, ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. A long ball from goals and um, yesterday, which and Defoe puts it in the only place he can. In terms of in the corner and there, because he's got a difficult angle to kind of work with. Mm. Um, kind of be like a good goal. They tried Bassey out, the boy they signed from Leicester. They tried him out at centre back. Centre back, yeah, at the back a few times, but looked all right at centre back. Difficult to tell because obviously Falkirk weren't maybe creating too much and didn't have too many chances. But he then <laughs> gets his first goal for the club from the corner. Um, keeper spells it. He gets it. Falkirk, though, as much as you think, I mean. I think they're doing well in League One, and they've got quite a bit of experience. I think the standout player was the boy they used to play with Dundee United, Gomez, plays for them. Aye, they've got Paul Dixon there, was it Dundee United? So, I mean, they've got, like, some good Premiership experience in the ranks, so players are kind of know about it. So, for Rangers to change their team as much as they did and get... Hammer them basically, hammer Falkirk just shows you where they are mentally, physically, and capability. Really, they're in a good place because they, they've got people that are pushing for places that are trying to do mm. everything they can to get in the team. Um, and there's players like you mentioned, Mellers maybe isn't as good as he has been, but he's doing a different role. You've got the likes of Haji, who Falkirk said he's not had a great season, but he's still kind of coming in with really the goods in terms of setting up goals. You've got the boy Itten, they got in the summer. He's maybe not hit the ground with fire completely, but he's getting chances. And that's like, in a, okay, maybe a striker, you want to be putting away chances, but at least he's getting chances. He's not hiding. And he's so, getting asked to play a different role at times in terms of playing out wide. So. Well, they've got they've got him, Morelos, Defoe and Roof, yeah. all fighting for like the one position, really. I mean, he's swapping them around and then maybe 
bringing one, bringing an extra one on as a sub to put maybe two up or what have you, or playing one up. I mean, so he's he's got great options, Gerard, at this minute in time. Um, and and that's the thing I think with Rangers and the fans, they can see how good they've been this season. Um, the one player I, I've got to be honest with you, uh, if Deep down, I know as a Celtic fan, I shouldn't say this, but the one player that I'm actually quite happy for a range of this Taverni because he used to get some abuse, that lad. And I always thought he was a decent player. I, I always liked him. He was a kind of player that I sometimes wish we'd had with a sense of he, he's always good at attacking. Defensively, he, I don't think he's the greatest. But he's got better. He's got I, I mean, he, but he's got passion. And I remember... Fans used to phone up and say, complain about him being the captain and all that kind of thing. And I always used to feel sorry for the guy because I, I never quite understood why. Um, so I'm glad that so many Rangers fans are saying now that, oh, he's player of the year and he, he's this and he's a, he's a great player because he deserves it. That, that lad does deserve it because he has come in for a lot of criticism. And he stuck, he stuck with them as well. He could have easily left, gone to somewhere else. Um, yeah. But he stayed at the Rangers, um, so aye, good luck to the lad. And towards the end of the game as well, Rangers have the luxury of bringing on a couple of youngsters as well. So 16-year-old Leon King and then Kieran Dixon as well, 18-year-old. So they've got mm. that luxury as well with youngsters coming through and maybe fans seeing new bright prospects coming through for them, which is good to see. I think I, I do think it's hard for um, youngsters or Rangers. Just, I think, sometimes as well, and I think, Aberdeen and Celtic can be a wee bit of this as well. I mean, sometimes you get a wee bit glossy-eyed when you hear you're getting a three million, four million pound player instead of bringing through the kids. Um, I, I, I would love to see it come like we start bringing all these good young lads through. You know what I mean? And the teams are full of Scottish players again. Um, so, aye, good luck to the boys. Hopefully they'll, they'll break in and they'll start playing well. Um. Covered obviously Europe last week and then the kind of Rangers and Celtic performances at the weekend. Aberdeen played domestically last midweek against Hamilton. I was expecting maybe we'll get a reaction after the disappointment against Rangers, but it was a brutal, brutal game. Um, we struggle at Hamilton at the best of times anyway, but with the players that we had out, it was just the type of football that would get football stopped. You're thinking when you look at the team, it looks like positive. There's two up top, Cosgrove and Main. Just didn't mm. work out. The ball wasn't sticking to them. We reverted back to what we did last season, where you're just going long all the time. And there's no lack of creativity, just disappointing. They score. We don't have many real chances. Um, the only real players I would say that kind of did well, Campbell, was good at midfield, and I can have a rare chance for him because obviously. Ferguson, McCauley, McGee are called out. He looked kind of decent. Hedges, again, looked decent. Um, aside from that, not much. We get back into the... Yeah, we look like we're maybe going to get back into giving one point, but nah. And then they almost scored a score towards the end with great save from Joe Lewis, so... Do you, do you think with your boys as well, it's, it's a bit of a mentality thing? Because it's obviously, we'll talk a wee bit more about the, the Simone game, but 
Simone and Hamilton both lower clubs, you know what I mean? Do you think it's just a case of, well, we'll beat them and then they find that a wee bit difficult and then they can't go up another gear or something? Or I would say I would accuse the team of that last season. Um, however, this season I would say there's been a bit more resilience about the team. There's been the audience acceptance. The Rangers games aside, I would say we've been pretty good this season. Um, there was a disappointment in the Scottish Cup semi-final against Celtic, whereby mm. he's were there for the taking, and that's been shown by every other team getting mm. points off here, beating you just now. I would say overall, good season. What's not helped has been the fact that, OK, we have got a bigger squad this season, but yet the Scotland under-21 situation, we're then out with, without McCrory, without Ferguson, McGeer's already injured in midfield, so you're playing your fourth and fifth choice in midfield. Mm. McLennan, um, is again is unavailable. Hayes was injured. Again, came back from it national duty injured. Watkins has got injured and Watkins has been key to our successful play this year. He's maybe never scored loads of goals, but he was scoring the odd goal here and there. But the way he led the line in terms of pressing with him and Wright and Hedges, Wright's out for six weeks now as well. So he scored the... against Hamilton, didn't he? He scored. Who? It was Hedges he scored against Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of the our good things and play has been taken away from us. Watkins, Wright, Hayes, mm. um, Ferguson, because that's five guaranteed first team starters at the moment. You still think we're going to have enough to get by Hamilton, but as I say, we have it's a place we have struggled um, mm. previously. So, I, I mean, to be fair, Hamilton, we got a draw, but and we went up to third, but. You're really wanting to get the one in. Yeah, I was gonna say, even club push you for, for second moment to get a wee bit of pressure on themselves. Yeah, I was just saying that Hamilton's Hamilton's one of those places. I, I, I even hate watching games at Hamilton's ground. It's I think it's, it's it's open, you know, and like every stand seems to be like a different built stand. You know, you've got that kind of weird stand across from the TV gantry, and then you've got that stand behind the goals and then you've got that kind of temporary man-made stand where the cameras are and then there's nothing behind the other goal it's it's just yeah it's, yeah it's just a, a weird place god knows what it's like to play there i, I would imagine if you're a professional footballer um, i must feel strange I am like a a yeah because uh, i mean i am um, i must be just a weird place and I mean, no no fans you're, you're very open to all the elements as well. Yeah. The one thing I would say about the game against Hamilton is in the first half, we had plenty of possession, but we, really, we didn't really do much with it, apart from Hedges' goal. And that's your problem. You can have all the possession in the world, but it allows you to capitalise and score goals. You've always got that danger in the opposition to come back into it. I have been complaints about into offside and whether their goal maybe shouldn't have stood, but still, you're just expecting a wee bit better from us in terms of. Um, the way we go about our business. Mm. And then we're leading into the St Mirren game, which is a game I thought we would struggle with anyway, because St Mirren, since the COVID situation, I think they are four games unbeaten that we are going into our game. Um, and they came out, set the tone early doors. They were, you could tell they were right up for it. Mm. And we, I don't know, I wouldn't say we didn't look up for it, but I think they score early on. 
a daft goal would consider a daft free kick for us to give away because as soon as they give away a pair of free kicks, it's a perfect position. And I'm thinking, seen, oh no, this is. I've seen the free kick. It was a good free kick of dumbness, wasn't it? Yeah. Aye, but it's a daft one to give away. Um, because you just probably know what's what's going to happen. But then after that, that's where the players maybe did look a wee bit like they've gone back to last season, whereby they're everyone's kind of looking at each other, passing the blame like, as if you picked the man up. It's not my job and different things like that. And St Mirren had another kind of few chances whereby probably they could have been better than uh, one now. I think they had the boy Tate hits the post. They had one way. Obika as well. Obika should score. He doesn't. And I'm trying to think of the other one. Corner like and a turning shot at Lewis. And I get totally against the runner play. We get a wee bit lucky. Um, I think it was, I'm trying to remember now. I hate it was a Hedges. Played the ball through. No, it was Hayes. Chipped mm. it through. And. I think we got lucky the ball kind of deflected off Cosgrove. Ball breaks him again and he scored. So you're back in the game, you're thinking, all right, okay, one all just before half time. That's a good thing. I think we probably wanted the half take it around longer because we did have a player best spell there for a few minutes. Um, and then second half, or half time even, McGinn decides, right, let's make changes. Cosgrove and McGinn went off. I think McGinn maybe not fully fit because he's, as I said, he's just been back from injury. Cosgrove just didn't look sharp at all. Put it on Devlin and Main, switch to four at the back. We had a couple of wee chances, maybe some corners. Holbin had a heavy chance. Maybe that Main had a kind of strike outside the box, and the game was probably a bit more even in the second half. But then maybe I would say the last 10, 15 minutes, and then again, I think we had a wee gear. Look like we're going to get into it. You're a shot from Mirai, saved at the post by Lewis, and then the, the goal that we, we lose. I can blame Lewis in terms of an error. It takes it maybe eye off the ball. But McGrath had been doing that all game. You need to close down the shot, I think. He'd been threatening to do that all game. And I am not going to blame Joe Lewis. I'm, I blame, I think, the team didn't perform on the night. Mm. And Lewis has saved that on countless occasions. So I think we need to look at the, the broader picture. And to be I fair, mean, ju- most fans would say that as well. I mean, just looking at the stats, I mean, I'm just having a wee look here. I mean, it looks quite an even game to be honest with you I mean doesn't seem to be much in it I mean possession new boys edged out 53-47 shots Simon had 16 Aberdeen 13 on Tiger Aber- sorry Simon had 5 Aberdeen 2 corners 4-3 to you boys that's where, so, that's where stats can be misleading yeah that's I mean I've I, I never St. seen the St. game Mirren, um, St Mirren certainly did more with the ball when we were oh. more effective when they had the ball um, mm. I, think, I think Goodwin gets start spot on. I quite like Goodwin as a manager. I mm. think he's doing pretty good things at St Mirren. Um, and he's now talking. I, I like as well the draw. They've obviously got Rangers in the draw for the quarter final. As opposed to him saying, oh, it's going to be a difficult time and all that type of thing. He's doing the whole, well, the, the run's got to come at an end at some point. So if it doesn't come to an end before the players, why not us? Yeah. So the players would signal, right, he believes in us. That's what you want, as opposed to her. It's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be you know, that way. He's mm. going with the attitude. Let's let's be positive. You'd also think as well. There should be a wee bit more fresher because they've had that time off. Um, than a lot of teams. So maybe yeah, maybe they might 
get a wee surprise when I, I personally probably still have Rangers to win it, but you never know. I mean, it's all about getting a wee bit of confidence and what have you. And a, a win against Aberdeen is obviously a, a big scalp, you know what I mean? So yeah, they'll, be, they'll be happy with that. And we're playing them again this weekend in the league, so... Where's um, Ann Paisley or up in Aberdeen? Uh, Paisley again. Paisley. Uh, but we'll have players back for then. We should have McCrory back, Ferguson back, McLaren. So we would hope I can in a different game. Um, and a wee bit of a reaction. Because the last few games have been disappointing. Uh, I don't th- I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he's got a bad record in Paisley. Because I've been twice... I mean, one time we went my way, mates, to go and watch um, someone in Aberdeen. He's an Aberdeen fan. And we went to Samira and won 1-0 that day. Um, must have been about, what, talking about maybe 10 years ago or something like that now. Um, Hi, we've had the odd loss there recently, uh, So, uh, I've always thought, I don't know why, Paisley's a wee bit of a jinx place for you. Um, but I might, I might be wrong, to be honest with you. It's just probably because I've just noticed it a couple of times that um, someone have got a wee result here now. Yeah. The one thing I would hope now, though, is, again, we could be going a wee run our fixtures because we've got St Mirren, then we've got Ross County, then we've got Kilmarnock, then we've got Motherwell, and then St Johnson. So we're not playing either Rangers or Celtic for a good while, um, which could help. <laughs> with, but we, we definitely need more players back. This has been shown that, aye, we have got a bigger score. I think we've got a bit more depth, but the depth isn't quite there um, mm. when you've got five, six players out. How's Cosgrove been playing? Because it seems a bit quiet. Yeah, because like this time last year there was a, was a huge thing about him, about how good he was and everything like that, and it's gone a wee bit quiet. To, to be, I suppose, he's still trying to maybe get back to fitness. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, the, the problems are that our style of playing different when we play Cosgrove up front because Cos pardon me, Cosgrove's not going to like the press, but I still think you can press teams. I think what you do is Cosgrove would drop deeper and then you have the likes of whoever's playing off him, whether it's Hedges, McGinn, whatever, they like the press. Mm-hmm. Cosgrove drops back almost to a like midfield position when you're um, defending. So is it is it still the focal point for the attack, i.e. where like the balls get played, he holds the ball up and everything? Oh, not been sticking like no. uh, I mean as I say the game against Harman with him in Maine just, just nothing was sticking at all just wasn't working um, and then as I say St Mirren he gets hooked off at half time so I just didn't, wasn't performing um, so aye we shall see what happens um, but disappointed about the cup because it's obviously one of our future only two chances to well one of three chances a season because of Scottish Cup, so yeah, aye, tough going. But we should probably move oh. on. Talk about someone else. Yeah, I mean, also as well, I think the Hearts can knocked out by Alloa. I mean, it's it's been quite a, a weekend of shocks if you think about the Celtic out, Aberdeen out, Hearts out. Yeah. Historically, you would say three of the the big five, you you know, all, all going out. From what I've heard from Hearts fans as well, I know they're not very pleased with Nielsen and performances mm-hmm. so far so I don't know if they were quite mixed in terms of coming back to the club anyway mm. um, and maybe the opening game of the season when they beat was it Dundee didn't they they, they thought yeah. Dundee and maybe thinking alright this is going to be good but I think outside of that and getting through in the, the cup 
they lost to Dunfermline. Yeah, they lost to Dunfermline. Yeah, yeah. By all the like, performances, have they been that great? So, uh, I'd be interested to see what happens there because Dunfermline are certainly putting a wee bit of pressure um, at the top. So, I'll uh, see what happens. I didn't see any highlights because the Betfred Cup, you can't see highlights apart from no. they've been on actual Premier Sports, it seems. Mm. Um, it's a terrible deal, that, to be honest with you. Aye, but I'd, I'd have thought the BBC would have done some sort of highlight package. Have they got the rights for the final of the BBC, or is it just uh, Premier Sports? I think it's just Premier Sports. Um, but I suppose they're willing to put in the money. Mm. Then that's what it is. Um, you touched on St John should been in good form earlier. That's them now, I think, 10 games unbeaten. Um, yeah. Starting to see signs of improvement in terms of, well, getting points, because early on in the season, well, I think the performances were all right under Davidson, but they weren't really converting chances and different things like that. So I, there's a guy, I know St. Johnson fans, so I was asking him what he thought was the kind of main kind of changes. He said not really much changes in terms of personnel. Maybe the only mm. differences are the boy Matt Namara's come in, who yeah. we've obviously praised a few times, but he said it's just think the consistency. The players are familiar with Davidson. Tactically, he's getting invincible or he's been playing three at the back. But he's able to adapt to it again. Went 4 4 2 against Motherwell, it paid off. Says the players are well drilled, know their role, and he's he thinks as well. Bryson's doing all right for him so far. He's not going to be a starter, but he's a good option to have in the room there to come off the bench and maybe help the likes of McCann um, progress and develop. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at their team as well, I mean, they've got Witherspoon, who uh, used to be a Hibs. Um, they've got him O'Halloran so there's another lad with experience they've given Stevie May who's there um, Callum Hendry's came on a, a, a you know I mean big times with them they've also got players uh, the, I'm right saying the Tanzer the boy that used to be at St John's not no, St John's Inverness what boy? Tanzer T-N-S oh Tanzer I yeah you, you know what I mean I, I just said Bryson so I mean They've got a lot of experience, you know, there. Uh, is, is, a, is a defender McCart who plays for them? Is that Chris McCart's boy? It is, aye, yeah. And if uh-huh. you look at him, you can definitely tell. Yeah. Because um, he's a double. Um, plays yeah. in the same position, doesn't he, sir? Huh? Yeah. yeah. I think I had some Jones in the finish top six, I think. I did, I yeah. Still, I, I still yeah. think they will. But David, as soon as Davidson came in, he did say that he... He, bit coy. He, he said he wasn't really going to change much. However, I do think there has been changes in terms of the way that the attack is a bit better. Much as they, they have been struggling for goals, they're maybe just winning goals by games by the odd goal, but they're winning games, getting points. I mean, 10 games unbeaten for St. John's is tremendous. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, knocking Motherwell out of the cup at Motherwell, I mean, Motherwell's not an easy place to go to win games. You know what I mean? One of those, again, a ground, especially if there's fans in. I mean, I don't, maybe we were different with no fans, but when, when Motherwell's got fans in, I mean, it's a horrible place to go to, especially, you know, those fans that sit directly across yeah. from the team. They're, they're passionate. They, they, I mean, every time you see like an op- opposition player anywhere near them, they're getting pelters. You know, I mean, they're passionate lads. So, I, I mean, Motherwell was a, a good place to go and win. And Motherwell were in a wee bit of form as well. 
No, they had gone into that game, they'd had a loss and a draw. So, on the foot, when I was asking the guy that I know that's a Johnson fan, hmm. I asked the boy Greg, who used to be on the podcast back in the day on here. So, I was talking to him, and he says it comes down to terrible recruitment in the summer. They replaced these guys with some standard versions. Um, so, they brought in the likes of Lamey and Livingston, he doesn't really like him. Hasty came back. Um, from signing for Ranger and all he says he's been no good the boy McGinley I think is at left back again not been any good and boy up front Lawn who did well last year got a few goals for him just hasn't performed creatively he said the likes of Polworth Cole Seedorf not doing enough Odoro's not doing enough even in terms of fullback to kind of create stuff mm-hmm. They've got injuries to Carson, Donnelly, Dunn and Carroll, so that's maybe three, four first-team starters out. I've always said that I thought Robinson got a wee bit of a kind of pass because of what he did in terms of getting the cup finals, because last season yeah. in the league was the exception to the norm, and he agrees with that. Um, says the only players really you would say that are playing any good just now are Tony Watt, Campbell, Alan Campbell, who he fears will go away in January because he's on a contract at the end of the season. Mark O'Hara at times and Declan Gallagher. But he and he also thinks that fans are starting to maybe turn on um Robinson and opinions maybe kinda of split in terms of is he the, the solution long term. So I've said I've said this to you before about Robinson, like in the sense that I'm I'm never quite sure what the situation is between him and the Motherwell fans. Because you do see a lot of criticism come his way. You know, when you look at like phone ins or in the papers for fans, and then you'll get really good response for fans. It seems to be a very mixed, uh, 50-50. I, I would like Celtic to, to have, you know, the, the, the young lad, or, um, oh, Campbell. Campbell. If I thought we, we would develop him. I, I, I wouldn't take him because we probably wouldn't play him. Exactly. That's why I wouldn't want Celtic to go from. I would hate, hate to do that to the young lad at that age. You know what I mean? Because for me, he'd, he'd be a great player to develop. You know, to, to get give games, build up, build up and get him into the squad to make him into a good player. He's different but, as well to other midfielders you've got because he mm, can, he can have breaks from deeper as well and maybe I can have box-to-box midfielder. So, I mean, in that aspect, if, I, if I'm thinking that it's kind of player that I, I would like at Celtic, I mean, there must be other clubs, other managers are thinking, oh, we fancy him. We got linked um, with him at one point at Aberdeen, so... He, he would do use a would Maybe we'd still be interested, but we'd have to probably wait till the end of the season to sign him. How long's, how long's McCrory we use? Well, he's, he's on road, but he's signed till 2024. Oh, so it's quite a while then. So, yeah, that's not bad. Um, Greg said the only thing that might help just now with Motherwell was the investigation at the St. Mirren and Kelly, whether maybe oh. Motherwell got points up on for that, because he doesn't fancy playing them just now. So, <laughs> see what happens <laughs> there. Um, the other ties, what well, Livingston had a pretty good team win against Ayr 4 0. That was the first game without a manager, wasn't it? Yes, I uh, interestingly yeah, enough, yeah, because I hope when we that was again like uh, we had the comments about whether he had, was going to consider the position, and we thought it was a bit harsh. 
but he's, he's obviously decided to step aside. He, he's had enough. Yeah, I guess a bit harsh, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I know some results haven't been going the way that they've wanted, but not that bad a team. I mean, I, I would have thought they could have got out of that run, you know. For me, they're certainly not the worst team in the league. Not by a million miles. Um, but the draw itself, so we touched St Mirren play Rangers. Um, Aloha play Hibs, who beat them D 1-0. Livingston play Ross County. And Hinkton Family was the one we never mentioned as well in terms of the weekend, but they won and they play St Johnson. Ties were played 15th, 16th, 17th of December. So, moving away from the Betfred Cup, I was going to mention briefly, um, I never got a chance to see the game, but Scotland, obviously, women's team, a doubleheader. They had the first game on Friday against Portugal. By all accounts, I think they played all right, but just maybe not in the mm. final third. They didn't do enough, and they ended up losing 1-0. So, massive game for them against Finland. Need to win it, really, to have any kind of chance of progressing. So, good luck to them. Yeah, good yeah. luck. It would be great if, you know, we had the situation where both the men's and the women's teams qualified. Uh, you know, for major tournaments. And I was talking earlier about Good John having a few interviews with different people. He has got a double header this week with the Hearts and Hibs managers. So he's got Leah Tweedy and Rachel Boyle, the two managers. So Leah Tweedy's at Hearts, Rachel Boyle at Hibs. So should be interesting. They play next weekend. Jed and Derby in the women's game this weekend. Oh. Is it on BBC Alba or anything like that? BBC Alba has certainly been showing. Yeah, the, the they've had a couple of, I've noticed there have been a couple of Celtic so Rangers, I think, a couple of weeks ago. You would think that was one that would maybe potentially be picked mm. up. Um, though, it's obviously Hibs are one of the kind of better teams in the wounds, so you would yeah. think they'd be an attractive uh, game. So. Just check your local listings. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, lower league predictions, we are back to 3 all, courtesy of Ian. Ian got his back to 3 all, and it was courtesy of his hometown team, Stirling Albion, beating, I think it was Elgin, 1-0. Mm-hmm. So, we are back in the race, back 3 all. So, thank you to Ian for that one. And it is over to you this week, Tony, to get us ahead. Four, three, no pressure. One big man. I'll call it with the fixtures and then right. I'll let you pick this for us. We'll make it Saturday games. We'll, we'll discount the Friday night game. Um, so Saturday in the Championship, there is Arlo versus Air. There's Dundee or Broth, Greenock Morton against Hearts and Wraith against Infermland. It has to be Wraith against Infermland. Five Derby. Five Derby, uh, exactly. So. I'll, I'll go 2-1 Dunfermline. 2-1 Dunfermline, right, okay. Fair enough. And then we move down to League 1. So, let's see what we've got in League 1. Clyde Forfer. Clyde Forfer, Cove against Montrose, East Fife, Airdrie. Falkirk, Peterhead, Parsi, Thistle, Dumbarton. Uh, we get back. 
we'll maybe go for try to see what's maybe we'll go for East Fife against Airdrie. So uh, East Fife are bottom in the table. Right. Airdrie are third. How many games has the season gone? Five? Uh, Airdrie played six. East Fife uh, played five. So East Fife uh, only had one win in the league last season, but it was uh, a couple of games ago. Uh, I'll go with two each. You're going for a Desmond? Yeah, Desmond Tutu. Uh, and then last up, League 2 fixtures there. We have. Oh, it was actually going back. It was still in Albion beat Albion Rovers. So. Oh. Uh, last weekend, so we've got Kildon Beef against Queen's Park, which could be quite tasty. Edinburgh City against Albion Rovers, Elgin City against Aaron Athletic, Stenhouse Beyond Breaking, Stranraer, Stirling Albion. Looking at that, let's see. So we've had, I think, Stirling Albion a couple of things recently, so. Mm. Uh, It's a difficult one to try and fit. It's early days. We yeah. should go maybe. Oh, see how I said I wouldn't pick Stalin Albion. I'm actually going to go for it. Strandor against Stalin Albion. Aye. Because Strandor are fourth. They've won the yeah. last three. Stalin Albion are third. So probably it's a pick of the, pick of the games. 2 0 Strandor. 1 2 0 Strandor. Right, okay. So. So we'll get those scores out and then we'll see what Ali comes up with. So we have got Wraith Rovers against Thurland. You've got two Thurland, East Fife against Arnhem, 2 2. Strenard against Stone Albion, 2 0. You know what, 2 0? I got a lot of 2 0. Let's get a win, get back in front. Uh, I'll we'll come back 0 0. I think so, aye. Well, a wee bit of confidence here. <laughs> um, so we, we can't um, finish a podcast without discussing the sad loss of Diego Maradona. Hmm. My first footballing hero still is, to this day, one of my heroes um, in terms of footballer. I, I still don't think I've seen a player as good as him in terms of the way he dominated games, the ball stuck to his foot. I mean, that left foot was just like a wand. They could do anything. Goal scoring rate as well. For a guy that wasn't an out-and-out striker, he was playing as a number 10 or maybe playing sometimes as a second striker. Mm. To do what he did with Napoli, to give them their first league title and then not only that, but give them a second league title not long after. They've never won a league title since either. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the World Cup that he won in 86, whereby, I mean, it was his tournament. They did knockout stages, and especially the two goals against England, the two against Belgium, sets up the one in the final when West Germany tried to man mark out the game with two players on him, never mind one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only player apart from Messi, funnily enough, to win the Golden Ball in the FIFA under-20s and in the main World Cup. 
tremendous player. Hi. Uh, I mean, I don't remember much at 86. I remember bits and bobs um, at 86. Well, I remember the final, uh, watching that with my, my, my grandpa. Uh, but I think I always remember Italia 90, where Argentina were probably one of the most hated teams because they were so dirty and boring. But he single-handedly took them again to another final. I mean, people forget about that. That that Argentina team was worse than the actual 86 team, and he still managed to get them to a final. Um, He wasn't quite as good in 1990. No, but he was still good enough, yeah. He had such high standards, hadn't he? Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, the, the thing you would show it for me, if you ever see the game against Brazil in the 1990 World Cup, Argentina-Brazil, he picks the ball up and he runs at them. He goes past a couple and then plays a brown through ball to Canija to round Tafarel and score. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was just things like that he could do that no other player could do. And he done a hand of God in that tournament as well, which is often forgot against the USSR. When it was no no, um, and I actually think it was Mikhailchenko for a corner heads it, and he handballs it, and he got away with it again. The referee never seen it, it's, and people forget about that one. Um, but he was, he was just such a great player. I mean, That's as well, eh? Oh, <coughs> one thing you couldn't say is he never lived life to the max. Yeah, I think he had the life that everybody would dream of. You, you know, in some aspects, you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's sad that he's passed away because I think he's one of the people that, from your childhood, you think he's going to live forever. Yeah, well, I think folk have said he will be immortal because of what mm. he's done as a footballer. Like, folk will always probably talk about Maradona. I, I, I remember seeing a programme where they went over to, like, Argentina. And um, they were doing like a tour around South um, America, and there, were, there was like Maradona um, churches where it was like to have statues of Maradona and people go and pray there and all this kind of thing. And they literally said it was the religion of Maradona, and it's it's yeah, yeah. If we ever had a player like that, I think we would be doing the same. Would be all converts to religion. I, th- I think the nearest one so far we've got is like David Marshall. Imagine that. Everybody you got gloves. Aye, aye. <laughs> I mean. um, but there's a few links as well with Scotland as well because he mm. scored his first link goal at Hamden um, mm. in 79. He managed his first game uh, with Argentina at Hamden as well. Mm. I don't know, I think Scott was lucky enough to be at that. Um, he got to that so much he's never seen Maradona play in the flesh. He got to see him manage at the sidelines, which I'm sure would have still been an experience. Uh, but I just terribly sad news it's not often I get like kind of upset about celebrity, or celebrity type folk dying but Maradona was one because he has someone that from my childhood I was like yeah, I can, I can and it was a diff- different era as well because it's not like now where you see Ronaldo and Messi every week every game they play you watch yeah. them with Maradona you only really seen it in say the UEFA Cup final Oh, I think they won as well, didn't they? Yeah, that's in right. Stuttgart, wasn't it? I think so. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. Um, but I know they won in 89, I think it was. So 
that was the only time he ever seen Maradona was World Cups or yeah. UEFA Cup final because there was no Italian football back in the day live in Channel 4. I never came into it the mid-90s. I mean, cars so, are moved. Yeah, so you only really seen him in these big tournaments and he was like something totally different to what we've seen in the Scottish leagues or, you know, or even the English game. Yeah, I think as well, as much as like there's some English players that like they they probably won't say a nice word about Maradona because of what happened. Yeah. There's plenty others who are English footballers, past and present, who have said like terrific things about him, like Salinica, fans tribute really towards good. him, Rio Ferdinand and stuff like that, saying he was a hero growing up and and that. Yeah. So, aye, terrible, he, sad loss. It's just it's. It's, it's it's one of the greats, isn't it? I mean, and also when you see the the stuff the clubs have done, I think the best one that I've seen was Boca. I don't know if you've seen it, but they had the empty stadium, but he's yeah. box and they had the light on. Yep. I mean, that's that's just stuff. That. That's, that's brilliant. Messi celebration with the news old yeah. boys top, and you had Napoli wearing like an Argentina kit yesterday, which was pretty smart. I'd like to try and get my hands on that if mm. you would think they would sell it. It's actually a one off, I think, just for yesterday's game. I mean, uh, I they were say... going mental in Napoli as well, obviously. There was oh, yeah. like, I... like Pyro going mad in Naples. Uh, I would happened. say as well, if anyone hasn't watched it, watch that Diego documentary, Channel 4, showed the other night. Um, oh, Fabler, one of the best doc- football documentaries I think I've ever watched. Honestly, if you've not watched it, watch it. It's brilliant. Uh, so I think it's on E4 or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got the DVD uh, actually as well. But, uh, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's so such a great insight. I mean, the pressure, the pressure that guy had as well. You know, it's and the thing that you don't think about now is when people say, "Oh, Messi's better, Ronaldo's better." Watch the opening of that documentary when he's playing Atletico Bilbao. When when Goykachia practically assaults him. Is that the game where there's a riot? Yeah. Isn't it? I... Yeah. That that's because all all started with um Goykachia broke his leg and then he came back. And when he came back he said, I'm gonna get him. And he waited and he waited after getting kicked up and down the park. And then he he done his tackle and then all hell broke loose with all the all, all the fights and everything. I mean you just wouldn't get that now. And and also to be fair, Linnick, Gary Lineker was saying, if you look at the pitch when he scored the goal against England, I mean he, Gary Lineker was saying when that pitch, it was like uh, laid in squares as if it was like he'd bought the grass for B and Q. You know, you would stand in it and like a, a big square would move. So for him to run through all that, well, he, oh, and the way he got kicked as well over the game, and when he was getting kicked all over the place, played in Italy whereby they were the hardest defenders to play against and yet still managed to do what he did. He, he, he kicked out of the 82 World Cup with Argentina. He, he played in 82 and they played Brazil and yeah. they played Italy and Italy basically just kicked him up and down the park. I was uh, up there. Who, who was the defending Gili? Yeah, that's it. it. Aye. Oh, my um, team, it's one I remember reading about and just a hatchet man, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was totally different because I think you won your group and then you went into a group of three, was it? I think it was because it was, it was Argentina, Brazil and Italy. And then the winner of that group went to the final. I think 
it was Italy. Yeah, Italy. because Italy won that, man. Yeah. So it's high. I mean, greatest player for you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent greatest player. Yeah. Honestly, no, I don't think in, in my lifetime because I'm the same age as you. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone else that had that aura around around them. You know. Every kid at school, you know yourself, growing up in the late 80s and early 90s, every kid wanted to be Maradona. You know what I mean? It was just like this mystical figure. Again, because you've never seen much of him, yeah, unless yeah. it was a big tournament. It's kind of strange one as well, strange fact as well. The day he passed away was the same day that George Best passed away. Mm. Another genius. He's one of the ones I always wish I'd seen. I definitely seen clips yeah. haven't you but again back yeah. in the day black and white and again getting hacked to death but just would get up I think have a wee smile and a laugh and go again because I, I think I think sometimes the cynical party you sometimes think because he's a British player was not that good really you know or we're just over egging him you know and I, I think in general he, he was really that good but I would just love to have seen it you know just to have watched the telly that night and George Best comes on. We think he's still spoken about as the best player ever to go to a World Cup. Aye. The gigs was maybe the other one that mm. gets mentioned, but Best still to this day gets mentioned in that high regard. Aye, there's, 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 there's a few players, I, I think maybe Pele in his pomp and Cruyff. I don't think there'd be many more international players that I could really think of. Beckenbauer, like maybe. Yeah. What he did as a centre-back. Like. Mm. Yeah, it could have been a good one, Beckenbauer. It's, it's just sad, but when they're, they're off, like, kind of, this part of your childhood finishes, you know? Um, another part of your childhood has come to, you missed it last week, we were talking about Undertaker, Survivor uh, Series, 30 years. You, I, yeah. Do you watch it? I never watched uh, it. I, I, I don't watch it anymore. I, I'll, I'll watch it. I'm not lie to you. I've kind of went off a wee bit recently, but I still like to watch the the majors, as I like aye. to call it. The majors, um, aye. Aye, Survivor Series. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, um, for him to the, the watches of wrestling, um, Undertaker's best years were long, long gone. And he did have a couple like kind of semi-retirement fights, and they were just disastrous, literally to the point where I think he fought Goldberg um, a year ago, and literally I thought he was going to die. They they done a move, and I thought he's dead. He's dead. He's not getting up for this. Do you think that will be him finished? Though, or do you think it's just that's the last of why he's going to the whole thing was oh. to talk about like no crowd and like surely you want a crowd to be there for the reaction and all that, but. They, they, they might do something with them. They, they might bring them do back. They do with like the likes of Sean Michaels and all that type of thing. Yeah, they, they might do something like that. But I, I think wrestling-wise, I think, yeah, he's finished, I think. I mean, looking at his last few wrestling matches, they weren't great. And there were short matches as well. You kind of know when a match is only lasting about three minutes. Aye, it's not a good sign. Yeah. Or you're Paul Brock Lesnar. Aye, that's it. You know what I mean? Just get broken for champion for a while to hold him. But I the Undertaker, I mean, he was getting wheeled out for like WrestleManias and the big Saudi Arabia gig um, over there. But 
as I said, the last one he had that Saudi Arabia gig with Goldberg, it was, it was, it was painful to watch. As, as someone who, who watches WWE, it was painful to watch. Like, I, I thought you'd want to talk about it anyway because I know you had a big wrestling fan, so yeah. there you go. And Scott right. wasn't too happy last week when I was saying that surely the members or the, the old world arrest and the big daddy and all that type of thing, but he says his mum's too young. So oh. it was uh, he wasn't watching all that. He was he's always it's always been WWE for him. You know, I always remember about that old wrestling with Big Daddy and everything. I used to be on like STV at quarter past one in the Aye. afternoon. I used to watch it with my nana, I remember, yeah. like Saturday. They would be shouting at the telly. The, the difference between British wrestling and American wrestling was that the British wrestling, I don't know if they still do it this way, but the British wrestling, wrestling done rounds. So it'd be round one, round two, round three. Whereas, aye, I think, aye, I think they did back in the day. Aye, yeah, I can't remember that as well. Whereas American wrestling um, is obviously just until you pin somebody. And they say that was the biggest thing. They had a lot of British wrestlers go over and they couldn't adapt um, to um, that style of just continuous and not having like a wee gap in between each round. Yeah. But there's a Scottish guy who's a champion at the minute. Like, well, he's a champion. Ah, he's not a champion just now, is he? Has he got a championship part that Drew McIntyre? Ah, he won, he won in Survivor Series, I'm sure he did. Ah, but I don't think it was a title match. Was it not? Much as I don't watch, I still maybe can I see things online or all that. I, I think it, I don't match. think it was any actual fights for titles as such. I think they were all just fights to see who was better. If you, if, you, if you want to have a good laugh, by the way, watch how his accent fluctuates. I mean, Chris Sutton were having a bit of banter last year, which was yeah. quite funny, actually. It's quite good. It is yeah. funny when the commentator, uh, the American commentator, says, Air Scotland. You know what I mean? You think, you've no idea where air is. I mean, air could be like next to Narnia for you. You know what uh, I mean? Because remember, they were doing a fair bit of promotion when WWE first moved to BT Sport. So mm. it was all sorts of things happening. So, uh, it was yeah, they, they had. Um, Rusev and um, Sheamus, the Celtic Warrior, they were at Celtic Park. They had done a big promo at Celtic's ground um, for, for a bit of ice. So they were with, um, Scott Brown and everything like that. They had done a promo with them. Um, but aye, it's, um, aye, it's, it's light-hearted entertainment, not to be taken too seriously. Aye, definitely. I've always said it's a show popular for guys. Aye, definitely. <laughs> Do you know what? It can be frustrating at times because you can watch it and you think, oh, this can be so much better. And you have an idea in your head how it could be better. And then when it goes totally the different way, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that there were protests against the wrestling. And people will say, why do you get so upset about wrestling? Like my wife will say to me, I'll say, because you get into a character and then the next thing you know, <laughs> It's totally changed, and they don't mention anything that's happened before. <laughs> and you're just like, I've just built like seven months identifying with this character, and now you're telling me he's Russian or something. <laughs> you know? So, uh, don't take aye. it serious. But anything else we want to kind of cover? I think we've maybe covered everything we wanted to cover. Um, I think that's about it. Just one wee thing, which is um, more of an English thing, is... Um, Good luck to Marine, who, who I actually saw in the FA Cup. They could draw against Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, today. I know, yeah, I um, 
I watched them there in the same league as Runcorn Linux. Oh, right, actually, your local team, aye. Yeah, well, they bet they Runcorn Linux in the FA Cup in penalties. Right. Uh, to get through. So, it's, as much as it's nice to see them there, it's a wee bit horrible to think that it could have been Runcorn had penalties not gone the way against them um, in the FA Cup. So, I good luck to them. They could draw a home to Tottenham. So, uh, eighth tier. So, that'll be mega money for them, especially if it's going to be live on the telly, which Aye. I would imagine they might do, because they're yeah. the lowest line team left in the FA Cup, I think. I hope they do. Um, the other thing I, oh, one thing I did want to mention, because we've sometimes missed it um, on the podcast, is the pick it out to the goal of the week. Mm-hmm. Robert, I don't know if you've seen it, Robert's goal for Airdrie against Covendry at the weekend. So it's Lord no. Robert's son. Uh, good Jones tweeted it earlier. So... That gets my, my vote. I'm happy to give it to that. Is it me or is it a lot of, is it a lot of players' sons, ex-players' sons in our league? Like ex-famous players. You've got the Seedorf, named Seedorf. You've got Andy Cole's son. Aye. Uh, I mean, Jockey have son was here. Yeah. Um, Jan Agafiotov's son was a Hamilton for a bit. Aye, that's right. Aye, yep. Um, Just McCart's son. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's there's been a few of them. I mean, there just seems it's... to be, um, you know, I mean, players. Yeah, Lewis Ferguson. Aye, I mean, a, a lot of the, the, the ex-players of all the boys all of a sudden popping up here, there, and everywhere, and they're all in our league. It's probably better if people are carries from the age of three or something like that, three or four, playing. Yeah. Probably can kick a ball before they can walk or something like that. You could probably make a good 1990s team. Just the two other names. I don't know how good they would be, but you'd build a great 1990s team. You know what I mean? Seedorf, Ferguson, Djokovic. Oh, aye. Definitely. You know what I mean? Aye. So, I just, I just, I never, as I said, I never knew Lauren Robertson was in um, the Scottish game. So, there's another one. He's probably been doing quite well. Um, So, we'll be back next week. We might have a returning guest next week, possibly. We'll see what happens. Um, Okay. Bye. Should have been on a busy one as it's been the last few weeks. But cheers, Tony. Oh, thanks as for as always. Oh, and cheers good. for getting the podcast title nice and early. It's been good therapy. Aye, good therapy. Aye, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll speak you. to you next week for your next therapy session then. <laughs> no worries. Speak to you later. Cheers. Cheers, bye. <laughs>